Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline Sportsbook has all of your props, odds, promos, and parlays for the 2023 NBA Finals. Use our promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. BetOnline, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night, however and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. That's the whole purpose of podcasts. You can listen however and whenever it is that you may be choosing. And we appreciate that you have decided to stop in however and whenever you may be listening. It is Thursday, June 1st, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is that you might be listening. Tonight's the night, baby. Game one of the NBA Finals. The Denver Nuggets, the Miami Heat. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this series is going to go to seven games because We have been loud right about the Denver Nuggets from start to finish. In February at the All-Star break, we told you the Nuggets were not only going to run through the Western Conference, they had a legitimate chance to win the entire goddamn NBA Finals. And here we are with the Denver Nuggets doing exactly that. With the exact record, we hit it on the exact record, telling you they would go 12-3 in the Western Conference playoffs, coast through to the NBA Finals, And they did exactly that. Now the second conference final spot in the West, that was wide open like everyone assumed it was. But for that first spot, it was Denver. It was always going to be Denver. It was an inevitability that Denver would run through the West and they would never face an elimination game just like what happened. But at the same time, I'm done counting out Miami's voodoo magic. The cult of Miami that practices basketball voodoo and makes 10-point leads disappear, shooting eight free throws and making one three-pointer at the end of games, manipulating clock time in a way that just doesn't make sense. I'm done doubting Miami. That series is going to go seven games. What happens in game seven? Anyone's guess. But Nuggets and Heat are going to seven games in the NBA Finals. And Friday's episode of the Take It Easy podcast will be a post-game show for Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Every day after an NBA Finals game, we will have a post-game show here on the Take It Easy podcast, including that Friday Game 4 that I think comes up in the middle of the series. 
So today on the show, since the NBA Finals are getting underway, I would like to put a pin in the Boston Celtics story because when we did our post-game show after Game 7, we didn't necessarily dive too deep into the Boston Celtic macro. It was more of the micro. We heard post-game sound from Joe Mazzula and Malcolm Brogdon. We heard from the Miami Heat and their celebratory victory. Heard from Spolstra. Heard from Jimmy Butler. Heard from the inside the NBA guys giving you their analysis. So we didn't really do a macro-level conversation on the Celtics. And so now that we're about three days removed from the Celtics getting eliminated, today feels like a good day to break that down. Also, we're going to hear from Jason Tatum at the end of this show. One more press conference that had some really interesting clips. We didn't get to fit it into our post-game show because I feel like after 30 minutes of press conferences, we're kind of about tapped out. We'll, we'll hear from Jason Tatum at the back end of this show today and his final press conference after the Celtics lost one game away from making it to the NBA Finals the second time during this run of the Boston Celtics that they have been within one game of making it to the NBA Finals. What the Boston Celtics have done over the last seven years has been incredibly remarkable. And while I laughed at the Boston Celtics losing, and everyone laughed at the Boston Celtics losing in the embarrassing fashion that they lost Game 7, and while I love pointing out every year the Boston Celtics get eliminated especially the last two years when they've had a legitimate championship caliber roster for 18 consecutive months and two playoff runs, their best window to win a championship since 2011. I do love making fun of the Celtics for that, as everyone's been doing. It's fun to be a hater. I was listening to the Shutdown Fullcast and a college football show that branches out into everything and anything in the world decided to be haters and laugh at the Boston Celtics. Everyone took pleasure in laughing at the Boston Celtics. And I love pointing out every year that the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors have won the same number of NBA championships since 1987. 1987 was a long-ass time ago. That's 36 years. By the time we get to next postseason, it'll be 37 fucking years. Boston Celtics have one championship... The Toronto Raptors have one championship. The Detroit Pistons have three championships. The Dallas Mavericks of Mark Cuban have one championship. Toronto's the funniest name that I can pull out of that whole rundown, but the Boston Celtics have as many championships as the Toronto Raptors. And I love being haterade on the Boston Celtics. I'm a sports anarchist. It's in my blood, it's in my heart, it's in my soul. At the same time, I don't want to undersell just how impressive what the Boston Celtics have done over the last seven years is. The Boston Celtics have gone through, in essence, four different cores of their team and have made it to the conference finals in every single iteration. Because in 2017, as the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, they made it to the the Eastern Conference Finals with Isaiah Thomas as their best player. And not just Isaiah Thomas as their best player, Isaiah Thomas as their only All-Star. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they got swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers, who were an absolute juggernaut that year. A juggernaut who then lost in five games to the greatest basketball team ever assembled in the 2017 Warriors. At least in my lifetime, the greatest basketball team ever assembled. But Boston made it to a conference finals with Isaiah Thomas being the only all-star on their team. And Jalen Brown was a rookie, and they still had Marcus Smott as a role player. I believe Al Horford was on that team, although I'm not 100% certain in the 2017 Celtics, but I know Isaiah Thomas was their only all-star. They were just role players around the, the periphery with that Boston team. They won 53 regular season games. Isaiah Thomas was their only all-star. Their second leading scorer was Avery Bradley. Al Horford did play for the team that year. I think that was that might have been his first year in 
Boston or uh, yeah, because it would have been the he signed in the 2016 offseason with Boston. So Avery Bradley was the second leading scorer on the Celtics. Jay Crowder was the third leading scorer on the Boston Celtics. They had Marcus Smart off the bench, a rookie Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier coming off the bench. Amir Johnson was their starting power forward. If you've forgotten about Amir Johnson, he has been out of the NBA now since 2019. Granted, he had a 14-year NBA career, but he has been out of the NBA for about four seasons now. And he was the starting power forward for the Boston Celtics when they went to their first Eastern Conference Finals. So a team with Isaiah Thomas as their only all-star made it to the Conference Finals. And the following year was when they signed Gordon Hayward in free agency and then traded Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and a draft pick that ended up being Colin Sexton in exchange for Kyrie Irving. And in 2018, Kyrie Irving got hurt. Gordon Hayward famously broke his leg in the first game of the season. And... The Boston Celtics came within one game of the NBA Finals with the two best players on their team being Jason Tatum as a rookie. Remember the whole Tatum's only 19 years old thing? Jason Tatum as a rookie and Terry Rozier filling in as the starting point guard. That team came within one game of making it to the NBA Finals. Granted, it was an incredibly weak Eastern Conference, and the Warriors would have swept them in the NBA Finals, but the fact that a 19-year-old Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier were the best player on a team that took the Cleveland Cavaliers to seven games, and I believe that year, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, they played... It wasn't Toronto. I'm trying to remember who the three seed was oh it was Philadelphia that was the first sixer team with uh with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid uh that team ended up beating the uh the Boston Celtics beat that young 76ers team with Terry Rozier and Jay and Jason Tatum with Jalen Brown and Al Horford and Marcus Smart like with this seven deep team that didn't have Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward they ended up beating the uh well first of all they beat the Giannis Bucks in the first round which that was the year that uh J- uh Jason Kidd got fired and then the next season Giannis won his first MVP at 24 so they beat 23 year old Giannis and that team wasn't very good that year but beat the Bucks then they whomped the Philadelphia 76ers and then came within one game of making it to the NBA Finals with a core of their team that remember their two best players during that playoff run were completely different than the season before. The season before it was Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, and their one all-star, Isaiah Thomas. This team was Terry Rozier and a 19-year-old Jason Tatum and a rookie Jalen Brown. They still had Al Horford. They still had Avery Bradley. They still had Marcus Smart. But they were a team that had seven or eight players And those seven or eight players as a collective were able to generate the minutes and the points that were able to beat the Philadelphia 76ers and almost beat LeBron James with the worst team LeBron James has ever taken to the NBA Finals. And yes, I include the 2007 Cleveland Cavalier team in that list. As a two seed, Terry Rozier and 19-year-old Jason Tatum came within one game of the NBA Finals. Then they had a down year where Kyrie Irving stomps on the logo and everything falls apart with Boston. And they move into the third core of their team, which happened to play in the bubble with the best version of the team. But the third version of that Boston Celtics team was Jason Tatum as the best player, Jalen Brown as the second best player, and Kemba Walker as the third best player. Remember Kemba Walker used to play for the Boston Celtics? Al Horford left Boston to sign with Philadelphia. They took that money and gave it to Kemba Walker, one of the worst contracts in the NBA that I thought was going to be amazing. I remember, there's a meme evidence that still exists if you want to find our Twitter page of me saying, LOL, the Charlotte Hornets decided to pay Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward the same money they could have offered Kemba Walker. Yeah, that turned out to be a pretty good move. 
by the Charlotte Hornets. Not that it turned into anything good for Charlotte. They just didn't have to give Kemba Walker that contract. They would have, they were better off getting Terry Rozier instead of Kemba Walker. It was basically a sign and trade of Kemba Walker for Terry Rozier. They were better off for doing it. It was smarter for them to give Terry Rozier that money than to give Kemba Walker that money. But remember that team in the bubble that Boston had was, I believe, a number two seed. No, they were number three seed. And the number three seed of 21-year-old Jason Tatum and 22-year-old, or sorry, 23-year-old Jalen Brown. So 23-year-old Jalen Brown, 21-year-old Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker as their third best player. They also had Gordon Hayward on that team, but Gordon Hayward was at the end of Gordon Hayward being a top-of-the-line NBA player. I'm not even saying an all-star, just a top-of-the-line NBA player. That team was a three-seed. In the second round, went to seven games against the Toronto Raptors and beat Toronto by, I believe it was four or five points, in a game seven to pull off the upset against the defending NBA champions. And for that version of that team, it was an incredible success. The fact that that number three seed Boston Celtics, who that year, if you if you don't remember the bubble year all that fondly, we were doing podcasts back then. I was really into that basketball season. That year in the East, it was Milwaukee and it was everyone else. Because Toronto was the defending champions, but they had lost Kawhi Leonard. And the reason they were able to get the number two seed was... And it, the simplest way to replace 30 points that Kawhi Leonard vacated, they they balanced it out with seven points for Siakam, who made his first All-NBA team, six points for Kyle Lowry, six points for Fred Van Fleet, who became a starter for the first time. They added five points from Norman Powell. They got back OG Ananobi, who, if you forget, he was injured during the championship run of 2019. Toronto was the number two seed. They were better than the Boston Celtics, went to seven games in the second round of the playoff, and Boston beat Toronto in that game seven. It was a incredible building block moment for that franchise and signified the end of what Toronto had. Toronto has not won a playoff series since that first round victory in the bubble and coming within one game of making the conference finals. That was the end of Toronto as we knew them as a team that made it to a conference finals with DeRozan and Lowry, won the championship with Kawhi Leonard. That was the end of that Toronto core, was losing to Boston in the bubble, with the third different version of what this Boston team has become. Jason Tatum, at 21 years old, being learning how to become the best player on a team that is competitive. I'm not going to say a championship caliber team, on a team that is competitive. Jason Tatum, 23-year-old Jalen Brown, who was coming into his own. He hadn't reached his physical prime yet. Kemba Walker as the third best player and Gordon Hayward as their fourth best player. And they still had Marcus Smot through through it all. Marcus Smot, the, the pinnacle of consistency for the Celtics. And when we got to the conference finals, they were a higher seed than the Miami Heat. But once Milwaukee got bounced out in the bubble... Everyone looked at that and said, okay, whoever comes out of the West is going to win the championship. And then the Clippers choked against the Nuggets, so it's like, okay, the Lakers are going to win a championship. I remember four weeks, or not four weeks, uh, three weeks before the NBA season ended, we did a podcast that was congratulations to your 2020 NBA champion, Los Angeles Lakers. Because that year, there were three great teams in the NBA. It was Milwaukee, it was the Lakers, and it was the Clippers. And Milwaukee got bounced in the uh, second round by the Miami Heat. The Clippers choked in the second round against Denver, blew a 3-1 lead, and the Lakers ended up winning the championship, and I think going 8-2, or 8-3, because Jimmy Butler had that Himmy Butler Game 5 where he dropped 47 points and was like hunched over the table at the end. That Laker team went 8-3 the rest of the way and won the championship. But still, in that group of teams that were 4-10, through 10, Boston ended up making it to the conference finals, which I'd argue is the equivalent of, for example, the New York Knicks this year making it to the conference finals. Like, not a team that we thought of as championship caliber, but a team that surprised people because of how far they advanced in the playoffs. I don't want to say the Lakers because the Lakers were the seven seed and they were 2-13 and 13 to start the year. 
and the Lakers have more of an aging roster. But if like this New York Knicks team had gone to the conference finals, that would be what that 2020 Celtics team making it to the conference final felt like. Or if I'm going to use a personal example, if the Sacramento Kings had made it to the conference final this year instead of the Lakers and got beat in four or five games by the Nuggets, that would have been pretty similar because the core of the team being Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward as the supplemental pieces, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were learning how to be 1A and 1B or 1 and 2, depending on how you view it. They were learning how to be those players during that 2020 playoff run in the bubble. I still won't understand quite how Terry Rozier and 19-year-old Jason Tatum got within one game of the NBA Finals beyond, man, the Eastern Conference was fucking terrible that year in 2018, and they were better than 22-year-old Joel Embiid, and there's a reason LeBron James won eight straight Eastern Conference Finals. It's just the Eastern Conference was really a bad conference, and the West had the Warriors and the Rockets and the Spurs and the... Uh, the Clippers, they the West had all the best teams in the sport, and the East had nobody, and LeBron James conquered everyone on his way to the NBA Finals in 2018 with a, a literal team of nobodies on Cleveland. It was like that would we we still marvel at that 2018 team that LeBron carried that team to the NBA Finals is still remarkable to this day with Seti Osman was like the third or fourth best player on that team and as soon as LeBron left they had the third worst record in the NBA the following season and so this third group in 2020 got to the Eastern Conference Finals which was an overachievement for them they were not only just a 3 seed they pulled an upset against that Toronto Raptors team, the defending NBA champions, number two seed, didn't have Kawhi Leonard, but still Siakam took the next step and made All-NBA. Lowry was an All-Star. Like That Raptors team in 2020 was better than the Boston Celtics, and the Celtics, while Tatum and Brown were learning how to lead a team or like be the best players or the focal points of an offense... Because Kyrie was gone, because Gordon Hayward was the player wasn't the player he once was, because Kemba Walker was brought in to be like Kyrie, and that just didn't work out. Tatum and Brown were learning how like our best chance is for Tatum and Brown to be our two best players, and that was the first time that, that had happened in 2020. And they got bounced out by Miami in the conference finals. I think they lost in five games in that conference finals against Miami. Like they, when Tatum got blocked by Bam Adebayo with the famous block in the bubble, that was kind of like the end of the run for them at that point. Uh, They ended up going six games. Okay, I thought it was a a five-game series, but ended up going six. I'm just looking back at the series now, trying to put this all together um, of just how they got there. Oh, yeah, Miami was up 3-1. Boston won a game five. Uh, and then in game six, they got blown out. And uh, Jalen Brown was the leading scorer on the Celtics. Tatum had 11 assists. Uh, they got blown out in game six by Miami. But they were they were down 3-1 in the series. And I'm looking back. They, they were not really in the series all that much. Miami was up 2-0. Then Miami was up 3-1. And then Miami won the series in six but it could have ended in five and would have been almost no difference because Miami blew the brakes off him in game six. So Boston overachieved in that 2020 season with the third different core of their team. And then the next season, they were burned out from the run in the bubble. They lost in the first round. There was talks about breaking up Tatum and Brown. And then last year, they reinvented the roster around Tatum and Brown and then Tatum and Brown just took the next step in their development. And we saw what happened last year where the 2022 Celtics were the best defensive team maybe ever from June, in terms of defensive rating, from January 1st, 2022 until the end of the season. They were one of the greatest defensive teams in the history of the NBA last year. And I didn't believe it because I wasn't watching them playing. I didn't believe the Celtics had turned the corner. I didn't believe that this team that was a seven seed the year before and then was a seven seed early in last year, I didn't think that they were the exception. And I was wrong. I said as recently as 15 months ago that Donovan Mitchell is a better player than Jason Tatum. I don't think that most people would say that now. And so it's so interesting to see that 
the last two playoff runs have been the fourth different core of their team, which is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Tatum the 1A, Brown the 1B, and then everything else around them is completely different from three years ago. Al Horford came back. He wasn't on the 2020 team. Al Horford came back and and completely reinvented his game with floor spacing. They traded for Derek White. Grant Williams was drafted and developed into a role player. The third best player on the team was Robert Williams. He was a 12th man on the bench as a rookie, a second round pick the season prior. And then he should have won defensive player of the year instead of Marcus Smott in 2022. Like Robert Williams was a player who was not getting minutes on the 2020 Celtics. He was the third best player on that team last year. Al Horford wasn't on the 2020 team. Grant Williams was not on the 2020 team. Uh, Derek White was traded for the year prior. They completely, even Peyton Pritchard was getting minutes in the playoffs. Like they completely reinvented the team around Tatum and Brown. And so the fourth different core of their team was Tatum is the clear number one. Brown is the clear number two, and we've assembled the the way that we're going to make Jason Tatum at 23 years old into the best player on a championship team is surrounding him with the greatest defensive team maybe in the history of the NBA. Give him a second all-star in Jalen Brown, who is relatively the same age as him, and put together one of the best defensive teams the NBA has ever seen. And that team got to the NBA Finals, past the Milwaukee Bucks, past the Miami Heat, lost to the Steph Curry Golden State Warriors, came back this year as one of the three best, or really the two best teams all season in the NBA. Depends how you feel about Denver, but it was Milwaukee and Boston are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Milwaukee and Boston, Milwaukee and Boston. Everyone all year was saying Milwaukee, Boston, Milwaukee, Boston. That was the Eastern Conference Finals, Milwaukee, Boston. And they were the third-ranked defense in the league, but also had the number two ranked offense for a good portion of the season. Boston was the last two seasons, the same core of the team with Jason Tatum as the clear number one, being the best player on a team that can win a championship. One of the five best players in the NBA. And the way that they win is by surrounding him with incredible defense and a second all-star. And this year, a second all-NBA player because Jalen Brown made all-NBA second team. Well, I believe Tatum made All-NBA first team. And they didn't get there. And it wasn't like they didn't get there because they weren't good enough. They didn't get there because they were one of the two or three best teams in the NBA and were one of the two or three teams left, best, two or the, one of the last three teams standing. Because it was Denver, Miami, and Boston. And last year, the last three teams standing were Golden State, Denver, or sorry, Golden State, Miami, and Boston. It wasn't like Boston wasn't good enough. They were, they gave one of the five best players in the NBA a stable roster, and in 2022, one of the best defenses in the history of the NBA, and they were one of the two or three best teams all season, and they were one of the final two or three teams. I don't want to undersell just how hard that is to accomplish with the fourth different core of your team in the last seven years. They have made it now. 2017, they did it, and I just want to break it down what we've been talking about here. In 2017, it was Isaiah Thomas and dudes, and dudes that aren't still on the team. I mean, Marcus Smart is the one guy who made it through all four cores of the team as a role player, but Isaiah Thomas with Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, and Al Horford as the next best players on the team. It was Isaiah Thomas as the singular star carrying them to an Eastern Conference Finals, one of the final four teams in the league that year. Because the the Conference Finals was Warriors against Spurs, and that's when Kawhi got Zaza pachulia which we talk about in our book. You can purchase it wherever you get books with the link in the description of this episode. The final four teams seven years ago were Warriors, Spurs, Cavaliers, and Celtics. Made it to a conference finals with a team built up around Isaiah Thomas. 2018 made it within one game of the NBA Finals with a team that was supposed to be built around Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. And ultimately when they got to the conference finals was Terry Rozier, Jason Tatum, a, rook, a second year Jalen Brown, Al Horford. 
and then a couple other pieces in between. But like for the most part, that was their team. It was Scary Terry, Rozier, and Jason Tatum, and an offensive system built by Brad Stevens. Completely different core than the season before. Completely different core than they had even anticipated for the 2018 season. Came within one game of making the NBA Finals. One of the three last standing teams in the league. Or one of the, one of the four last standing teams in the league. Because it was Warriors, Rockets went to seven games. Cavs and Celtics went to seven games. Completely changed the core of their team. Still made it to the Final Four. Then two years later, no more Kyrie Irving. Replaced by Kemba Walker, who's not a number one. The core of their team is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown learning to be stars as the focal point of an offense with Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward. Again, make it to the conference finals, one of the final three, four teams standing with the third different core of their team. And then this most recent one is all-star, superstar, whatever you want to call him, Jason Tatum as the number one, one of the five best players in the sport. Jalen Brown as his running mate, one of the 15 best players in the sport, and the greatest defensive team maybe ever in the history of the NBA. And they got two playoff runs with this fourth core, as opposed to the other three, which only got one playoff run. 2017, Isaiah Thomas got one run, then they traded him for Kyrie. The 2018 team, Scary Terry Rozier and Jason Tatum at 19, and Al Horford, they only got one run. Then Kyrie came back in 2019 and it all blew up in their face. 2020, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, they got one run together. And they overachieved in that one run because that team probably should have lost to Toronto or could have lost to Toronto in that 2020 second round. And then the fourth core of the team, the one that we just saw, they got two playoff runs, the 2022 season, the 2023 season. And... They were one of the two or three last standing teams both years. And there's no shame in that. They achieved what they were supposed to achieve. Now you could say they didn't make it to the end and didn't win a championship. And that's totally fair. And they will ascribe it to be a failure because they believed they were one of the best teams in the NBA. If not the best team in the NBA. They believed they were the best team in the NBA. And so they will view it as a failure. If you view them as one of the two or three best teams in the NBA... They accomplished what they should have, made an NBA Finals in 2022, and to get there, by the way, had to beat the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis having the most points in any seven-game series in the history of the NBA playoffs, carrying them without Chris Middleton, won a seven-game series where they had to win Game 6 and Game 7 against the Bucks, and then beat the Miami Heat in the conference finals, the same Miami Heat team that beat them in 2020, 2020 with the third core of their team, had to beat the Bucks and the Heat to get to that finals where they were two games away from winning a championship, and then this year were one game away from getting back to the NBA finals. They have been one of the three best teams in the NBA the last two seasons, and that is an incredible accomplishment for a team whose best player is barely one of the five best players in the sport. It's an incredible accomplishment. And Boston's going to view it as a disappointment because they believed that they were the best team in the NBA. Even if evidence didn't say they were the best team in the NBA, even if Tatum's not one of the four best players in the sport, like Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, even if Tatum's not that right now, they still believed they were the best team in the NBA because they gave a top five, six, seven player in the NBA one of the best rosters in the sport, a second top 15 player, one of the best defensive teams in the history of the sport in 2022, and one of the five best defensive teams this season in 2023. They gave him an incredible supporting cast. The team was built as a system, and we talked about this uh, after game five when they beat the breaks off Miami. You can only think of two games where it was Jason Tatum is the reason they won that game. With Giannis, I can think of 10 of them in this last four-year run for the Milwaukee Bucks. I can think of two of them with Jason Tatum. It is Game 6 against the Bucks last year in the second round when he had 47 points and uh, went into uh, Milwaukee and beat them in that Game 6 to force a Game 7 that they won at home. And it was the second round of this year in Game 6 where they were losing going into the fourth quarter. Tatum had four points and then he had 16 in the fourth quarter. 
Even that game where he put up 51 in the second round against the 76ers. They won that game by 30. Jason Tatum was fucking awesome. He wasn't the life or death reason why they won. And so it's so interesting that this team that's put together four different cores, four different cores, and has made the conference finals with each of them, completely different players in each group, four distinctly different teams have made it to the conference finals each of the last seven years. And that's really, really impressive. And the fact that they don't have a championship to show for it is the only thing they don't have to show for it. They've won everything else. That 2018 team with Terry Rozier as their best player and 19-year-old Jason Tatum as his 1B, that team came within one game of making the NBA Finals. And if that 2018 Celtics team played this year's Boston Celtics team, they would beat the crap. This year's Celtics team would beat the crap out of that 2018 Celtics team. And that team came within one game of making the finals with Terry Rozier and a 19-year-old Jason Tatum as their two best players. They made it to a conference finals with Isaiah Thomas as their only all-star. The shortest superstar maybe in the history of the NBA who that season did irreparable damage to his body. That entire playoff run that carried them to the conference finals did irreparable damage to his body. They made a conference finals with a team built around just Isaiah Thomas. And then they made it to a conference finals against the defending NBA champion Toronto Raptors while Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were learning how to be stars. At 21 and 23 years old, they made it to the conference finals. When Luka made the conference finals at 22 last year, we looked at that like it was an amazing, impressive accomplishment with Jalen Brunson as his second best player. Like, it was incredible that the Celtics made the conference finals in that bubble. And this year, these last two Celtic teams took it as far as they reasonably could have with Jason Tatum just not being Jimmy Butler or Jason Tatum not being Steph Curry. Like, they took it as far, they took the system as far as they could. And now people are talking about where the pivot is for Boston or whether they give Jalen Brown the richest contract in the history of the NBA, which he's eligible for at the end of the season with the Supermax. And the answer for the Celtics right now is you don't have a better option than to bring back Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown without the core. Like, Al Horford is going to probably still be there. Grant Williams is a restricted free agent. I don't think he's coming back. Malcolm Brogdon, I don't think he's coming back. Robert Williams, not the same player he was two years ago, and they kind of broke his body a little bit. Marcus Smot, I don't know if he's coming back. But they've got no recourse for improvement. Unless a third All-Star decides they want to play for the Boston Celtics, they don't have recourse for improvement. And this is kind of where they fade from the mountain. They are going to be Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown because... As much as Jalen Brown may not like living in Boston, he can't afford to give up that $290 million contract. The Celtics can't afford to not pay him that contract. They can't afford to lose him. Jalen can't afford to not take that contract. So the Celtics are in this place where they're running it back with Tatum and Brown, just with a lesser core around them, unless a third all-star decides they want to play for the Celtics and give them a parachute to kind of reinvent themselves for a fifth time. Maybe they reinvent themselves and try and get back to the place. But the Celtics are not fighting to get better. They can't get better than they were. There's nothing they can do to get better. They were the second-ranked offense for much of the season this year in the third-ranked defense. They were consistently one of the two or three best teams in efficiency rating all season. In the nerd stats that we brought up to talk about the Denver Nuggets, Boston was number one all season in player efficiency rating, SRS, which is what the point spread would be if they played a league average opponent on a neutral court. They were number one in efficiency rating. They were number one in SRS. They were number one in expected win-loss record. 
The Boston Celtics last year had the, from January 1st, 2022 until the end of the season against the Warriors, they had the best defensive rating in the league and one of the best defensive ratings in the history of the NBA. They can't get better. There's nothing they can do to get better. They're just the same. And the same is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And they're going to keep trying again with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And they're going to keep trying again to fix the pieces around them and try and mix and match and stay under the salary cap or if they go over the salary cap to keep mid-level exception money or whatever it might end up being. That's They don't have a better option. And until a better option comes along, which I don't think they're going to find, I don't think they're going to find a better option to trade Jalen Brown. The better option is they get a second best player better than Jalen Brown. Those don't really grow on trees and they don't really have a way to acquire one of those. So at this point, that's who they are. They are Tatum and Brown. They're going to continue to be Tatum and Brown. And if people want to ask the question of how do they get better, how do you get better than the best team in the league? How do you get better than being one of the two best teams in the league for 18 consecutive months? In a sport that the 10 best players in the entire league all play on different teams. How do you get better? You have one of the 10 best players in the league and maybe the best number two in the entire sport. Depends on how you feel about Kevin. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Grant at this stage of his career, but you basically have a cost-controlled number one and number two, like you had the last two seasons. And they have two of the 15 best players in the NBA. There's no way for them to get better. There's, there is no way for the Boston Celtics to get better. They run it back with the same team next year, and it will probably not be as good as this last season's team because it's hard to be better than number one. And that team maybe wins the championship, maybe doesn't. They just run it back with the same team. That's how they, they move forward. You can't afford to move Jalen Brown. You can't afford to keep Jalen Brown. They are the same team. This is who they are. Jason Tatum is their number one. Jalen Brown is their number two. Maybe they could get better at the number three, but the system works. The system is incredibly successful. They just haven't won a championship, but they've won everything else. And the fact that they've put together four different cores in seven years and made the conference final, been one of the three or four last teams standing with all four cores in such a short amount of time, when relatively speaking in the NBA, it's incredible. It's incredible what they've accomplished. And they're going to keep that same tandem of Tatum and Brown together because they can't afford to lose him being Brown. They can't afford to lose Brown. Brown can't afford to move off of them. They're going to be the same team. That's their, that gives them the best chance of winning. Because again, they have two of the 15 best players in the sport. They might be the only team that has two of the 15 best players in the sport. Again, depends how you feel about Kevin Durant at this stage of the game. If not one, they're one of two teams that has two of the 15 best players in the sport. They all play on different teams. You can't get one of them to just join your team. This is the best they can be. And they've been the be- they've been in many respects either the best team or the second best team in the NBA for 18 straight months. They just didn't win the championship. And they're going to try again next year with the same group to win a championship. It'll probably be a lesser chance of winning than in 2022, which was that last year they had a better chance of winning than they did this year. And next year they'll probably have a lesser chance of winning than each of the last two seasons. But they got to try it with the same group because they can't afford to bring in someone else. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. We're going to close out today's episode hearing from Jason Tatum post-game after the Eastern Conference Finals Game 7 defeat. Take it easy, everybody. On my ankle. Uh, and it's tough because... It, you know, kind of impacted me the rest of the night. Um, 
swelled up and it was just frustrating that I was kind of like a shell of myself. It's tough to move. Uh, you know, it was just frustrating, especially, you know, that shit happened on the first play. And what happened with the team effort? It seemed like you guys couldn't get shots down. They did. You guys got discouraged. What what happened out there tonight as a whole? Yeah, I think uh, just the not shooting the ball well uh, had an effect on us throughout the game, um, and it just kind of snowballed. Jason, with the you know sprained ankle, game seven, no margin for error. Is is there a tendency to kind of look back at maybe? The game two, where you guys had an opportunity to win, and, and maybe maybe missed opportunities in the past that wouldn't have put you in a position like this. Uh, I mean, I don't. You can't go through life talking about what you could have, you should have done, right? You know, shit happens, and the past is the past, and we fought like hell to give ourselves, you know, a chance today. Uh, you know, just not the outcome that we anticipated. And losing at home, again, you know, you, you had the loss at home last year and three losses at home in this series. Can you explain what it was about home that, that made things so difficult? Uh, it's not difficult to play at home. Uh, you know, we didn't play well the first two games at home this series. Uh, and they did. And, you know. They play, they play well tonight, and, and we didn't. Uh, and you don't want it to be like that, right? You, it's called home court advantage for a reason. Um, but, you know, it's not difficult to play here. We got great fans. Uh, you know, I wish the outcome was different at home, home games for us. Jason, you and Jalen have obviously been through it all together since day one. How important is it? this team to keep him here long term as he goes into extension talks this summer? Uh, it's extremely important. You know, he's one of the best players in this league. Um, you know, plays both ends of the ball and, you know, still relatively young. So, uh, and he's accomplished a lot so far in his career. Um, so I think it's extremely, extremely important. Jason, can you describe just how much your mobility was limited by the ankle and kind of what it took for you mentally to kind of grind through it and still you know, play those minutes and, and do it in a significant way? I mean, I don't want nobody to feel bad for me. Uh, unfortunately, injuries are a part of this game. Uh, you know, and I've been fortunate enough, right, um, up until this point, you know, I've never missed games. I've played 95% of the games since I've been in the league. I've topped two in minutes since I've been in the league. Um, it just was, you know, unfortunate fall tonight on the first play of the game and um, something I was trying to battle through uh, throughout the game. Jason, you guys have talked so much about how you need to be a defense-first team over the years, and this year there's kind of a balance of being offense and defense. So when you guys locked into defense earlier in, uh, later in the series, you came back, and then tonight you guys couldn't get stops, and you weren't really healthy enough to run the offense, and it kind of fell apart. So what do you think needs to change about the way you guys, I guess, visualize how you emphasize defense to turn into offense? I think, you know, we're at our best when, you know, I think these last three games, um, besides tonight, you know, when we really honed in on the defensive end, you know, uh, we showed how special and good that we can be as a unit. Uh, and, you know, we didn't shoot the ball necessarily well, but, you know, that's part of being in this league, you know. Uh, offenses fluctuates through from night to night, but, you know, defense can always, you know, for the most part, maintain. Um, even when you miss shots, you know, you still got to lock in on the defensive end. And, you know, um, you know even tonight, they had 50 points at halftime. You know, obviously the game got away at the end. Uh, but, you know, defense is obviously extremely important.
Jason, you've, you guys, you've had a lot of success with this group in the last few years. Um, this year in particular, you guys were you know, considered title favorites coming out of the first round here. Does this make it sting a little bit more knowing you know, the golden opportunity you guys had here after coming so close last season? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I, I, it's, it's as simple as that. It's tough, right? You made it to the conference finals again and so close to getting back to the finals and giving ourselves another chance. And uh, Yeah, I mean, as you would expect, it's tough to lose. Along those same lines, you guys have come close now a number of times. What needs to change for you, for the team, for the organization to kind of get over the hump? To win a championship? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've shown that we can get there. Um, I mean, shit, we get to the conference finals. It's my fourth time in six years. and been to the finals uh, once. Uh, and, you know, we had a special opportunity this year. Uh, we just fell a little bit short. It's not like we're not capable. We don't have the talent. You know, we do. Uh, you know, it just didn't. Go our way this year. Then where do you think it went wrong this year um, to kind of let that opportunity go away? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. You know, we didn't play well enough to win this series. Uh, for, you know, majority of it, right? You know, bad third quarter of first game and uh, bad fourth quarter of the second game. You know, they beat us the third game. You know, we didn't play well at all. And won three in a row, and then tonight was just tough. So uh, we just didn't play well enough to win this series. Dan, last question on the right. Jason, how would you, with that said, uh, how would you look at Joe, who had a you know, tough start, obviously, thrown into that position as the interim, and then you guys grew as a team. How would you look at what Joe was able to do with you guys all season and, and as you went along, grow with him? I mean, it was his first year. We got to the conference finals game seven. Uh, I don't think people give him us enough credit that two days before the season start, you know, find out we don't have a new coach. Uh, we didn't have Rob the first 25, 30 games of the season. Uh, we never got a chance to have Gallo, and we got a new coach <laughs> one day before immediate day. Uh, you know? That was an adjustment, and we uh, we all figured it out. Uh, obviously, we wanted to win the championship. Didn't happen, but you know I think Joe did a great job. We won 50 some odd games. We got to Game Seven, Conference Finals. Uh, and obviously, everybody can be better. Learn from this, uh, but you know I think Joe did a great job this year. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.